pray to you, Almighty God, for you sent your only begotten Son that we might have new life. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ, for you became flesh and dwelt among us that we might become your people. Glory to you, Holy Spirit, for you direct and rule our lives. Glory to you, Almighty God, and to your Son, Jesus Christ, and to the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Grace and peace to you and Merry Christmas. We are particularly glad and grateful to welcome not just those worshiping here in this sanctuary, but many worshiping in other locations, including particularly friends in Germany and in Italy today. Today we celebrate Christmas Day with a love feast, which everyone, members and guests alike, are invited to partake. A love feast is a form of communal meal celebrating the fellowship that Christ gives us. A love feast, the origins of the agape meal, are in the book of Acts, the second chapter, which says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Sometimes called an agape meal from the Greek, one of the Greek words for love, the love feast on which this service is patterned comes to us from one of our nearest theological neighbors, the Moravian Church. About the love feast, the Moravian Church in America says this, the love feast of apostolic times was resuscitated in its original simplicity by the Moravian Church in 1727. After the memorable celebration of the Holy Communion on August 13th, seven groups of participants continued to talk over the great spiritual blessing that they had experienced and were reluctant to separate and return to their own homes for the noonday meal. Count Zinzendorf, sensing the situation, sent them food from his manor house and each group partook together, continuing in prayer, religious conversation, and the singing of hymns. This incident reminded Zinzendorf of the primitive agape, and the idea was fostered until love feasts became a custom in Moravian life. While their hymns and liturgy might be somewhat different from what this Presbyterian congregation will do today, we stand in that tradition, and we give thanks to God for the witness of the love feast. The food we will share is meant to remind us of the fellowship that Christ gives us. In the earlier days, the food might have been bread and beer. Today, we will enjoy sugar cake and cider. Let me say again, this meal is for everyone, members and guests alike. Christian and non-Christian alike. It is Christ who gives the gift of fellowship, and so we greet one another in his name and with a welcome as wide as Christ's love. During the singing of the hymns, this love feast food will be distributed. I invite you to hold it until we have had time to share together a blessing and then to partake and enjoy. May we be surrounded in love as we celebrate the miracle of Christmas and the gift that Christ gives us in one another.
consider the customary blessing in the Moravian Church for the Love Feast. And those of you who know it are invited to recite it along with me. Let us pray. Come, Lord Jesus, our guest to be, and bless these gifts bestowed by thee. Bless our loved ones everywhere. Keep them in thy loving care. Amen. We received the Christmas story today from the second chapter of Luke's Gospel, one that we have no doubt heard recently, but I invite you to listen again with fresh ears for the good news of the Gospel. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph went to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and lineage of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what they had been told them about this amazing child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our second reading of scripture is a lectionary passage for the day from a book we don't often go to, from the letter of Paul to Titus, the third chapter of the fourth verse through the seventh. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy through the water of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. This Spirit God poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by God's grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. pray. Almighty, eternal God, grant now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts may be acceptable, even pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. When I consider the literature of Christmas, there are two classic tales that come to mind. One I am sure you know, and the other I suspect you know, but if you don't, I would like for you to. And this time of year, I love sharing these stories, and so I shamelessly and unapologetically repeat them year after year, much like we watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special year after year, or indeed receive the good news of the gospel from Luke 2, Christmas after Christmas. They are a Christmas carol, of course, and Leo Tolstoy's classic tale of Martin the Cobbler. They are stories of revelation. Think about the progression of A Christmas Carol. A miserly, pinched, closed-off man, Ebenezer Scrooge, makes it his mission in life to accumulate wealth and see such things as Christmas goodwill as a waste of time. What's more, he is not troubled in life with an ounce of human kindness. His capacity for empathy is nil. 
Then, in the course of one night, he is visited by four ghosts. His business partner, Jacob Marley, first warns him of the perils that his soul faces because of his love of money and his lack of love for others. Then, as you know, Scrooge is visited by the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Scrooge is confronted with the accumulation of ill will and bad judgment he has exercised in pursuing money above all else. And the consequences of staying on such a path are a revelation to him. So he changes. He gives away money. He sends a huge turkey to his oppressed clerk, Bob Cratchit, visits his nephew, turns up at the Cratchit house, gives Bob a pay raise, and generally behaves like someone who has taken leave of his senses, except in reality, he is more in touch with his humanity than he has been in a very long time. The ghosts interrupt Scrooge's narrative, and they interrupt it with redemption. The interruption is the revelation of how his life could be. And the revelation is redemption. That, dear friends, is the message of Christmas in a single sentence. God interrupts with a revelation that is redemption. Last year, Andrew shared with me an anthem text that I was quite taken with. I'd like to read it to you today. Love came down at Christmas, love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas, star and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead, love incarnate, love divine. Worship we our Jesus, but wherewith for sacred sign? Love shall be our token, love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and others, love for plea and gift and sign. Love came down, and in the coming down interrupted the brokenness and pain of the world. But more than that, interrupted the world with light, with wholeness, with the presence of God. The second story is about a man called Martin the Cobbler. He is a gifted cobbler, a man of integrity, who lived and worked in a small basement room with one window that looked out at the street above where he knew people by their shoes. Eventually, Martin grows old. First, he is widowed. Then he is left bereft by the loss of his only son. And when he becomes too old to work, Martin begins to question his usefulness in the world and he becomes depressed. Then, a missionary visits him and tells him that he is living only for himself and gives Martin a Bible. When Martin get, begins to read it, in time he finds that his life once more holds joy. And one night, Martin reads the story of a Pharisee who invited Jesus into his house and also of the woman who bathed Jesus' feet with her tears before his crucifixion. And as Martin contemplates these two stories, it seems to him that he is more like the Pharisees than he is like that woman. And that night in a dream, Martin hears God's voice telling him that he will visit him the next day. And all day, Martin looks out his window searching for God. First, he notices a man shoveling snow. So Martin invites him in for a warm drink and tells him the story about Jesus and the Pharisee. Then he sees a young woman with a baby. Neither is dressed for the bitterly cold weather. So he invites her in as well, offering her money and warmer clothes and telling her also about the stories that he had read. 
Finally, Martin is looking out the window and he sees a little boy stealing from an old woman who in turn has grabbed him by the hair and is threatening to take him to the police to be whipped. He goes outside and treating them both with kindness says to the old woman, eh, babushka, babushka, that is right according to our judgment, but not according to God's. If he is to be whipped for an apple, then what ought to be done to us for our sins? The day ends without God's visit. But then Tolstoy writes, Martin looked around and saw there in a dark corner, it seemed as if people were standing and he was at a loss to know who they were. And a voice whispered in his ear, Martin, ah, Martin, did you not recognize me? Who, exclaimed Martin? Me, repeated the voice. It was I, and the man shoveling snow stepped forth from the dark corner. He smiled and looked like a little cloud faded away and soon vanished. And it was I, said the voice, and from the dark corner stepped forth the woman with her child, and the woman smiled and the child laughed, and they also vanished. And it was I, continued the voice, both the old woman and the boy with the apple stepped forward, both smiled and vanished. Martin's soul rejoiced. He crossed himself, put on his spectacles, and began to read the evangelists where it happened to open. On the upper part of the page, he read, For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. And on the lower part of the page, he read this. Inasmuch as ye have done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it to me. And Martin understood that his dream had not deceived him, that the Savior really called on him that day, and that he really received him. It is an interruption with a revelation and redemption. And what I love best about this story is the title. Where love is, God is. Christ is born again in the love that God gives us, the love that we share, the love that we are privileged to use to interrupt pain and loneliness. There is a reason why the gospel is incarnational. It is so that we might be with one another as God is with us and for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, fill us with your love. And filling us with your love, let us be conduits of your grace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. All that we have, all that we are, is a gift from God entrusted to our care for only a season. So let us worship God with our tithes and our offerings, whether we give online or whether we give here at the church. God loves a cheerful giver.
Let us pray. Gracious God, from the abundance of creation, we have all that we need. Indeed, we have more. So we return to you this portion as our offering, asking that you would bless it and multiply it and use it, and that we might be blessed as we see your way at work among us. God of kindness and justice, God of generosity and joy, you call us to be a blessing to the world. And so we remember before you those in need of an extra measure of your grace. We pray for your good creation, where the ravages of human usage imperil the peaceful well-being you wish for us. We ask your forgiveness. Teach us ways of generous living so that we might remember that we share this world with all manner of life, birds and insects, fish and animals, grain and flour, Remind us that our well-being is interconnected and that you who created it all and called it good continue to love it all. We pray for the leaders of the world, both our leaders and those abroad. For those who govern, we ask wisdom and compassion, good judgment and a sense of commitment to the common good. And for those nations that are torn by strife and hardship, we pray a speedy return to peace praying particularly today for the people of Ukraine. For those countries that struggle with poverty and disease, we pray for compassion and action to bring healing and peace. And we pray finally for our own community. We are not immune to the hardships of life in our city. For those who suffer from food insecurity and housing insecurity, we pray for resources to be brought to bear. For those who live without homes or without food, we pray that they will find warm shelter and a nourishing meal. For those who suffer from mental and emotional illness, addiction and disease, and for all who are lonely, we pray your healing mercies. And we ask a particular measure of your grace today for those who are victims of violence, and gun violence in particular. Finally, O oh Lord, we pray for ourselves, for the church, for the First Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, and for our own lives. May we be renewed this Christmas season in our calling to serve. May we be filled this Christmas day with your generous peace. May these days of Christmas cause our lives to overflow with grace, that we might indeed be the disciples you call us to be. For it is in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that we pray and that we continue our prayers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
invite you to take your candles with you and to remember that we carry the light of Christ into the world, that we who have been filled with the love of Christ go now as conduits of that grace. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance on you and those you love and give you peace both this day and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.